This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I've got a special guest uh, this week with me. And this I love to share stories of what God's doing. Uh, I, I get a front row seat. I'm real fortunate to, to see God moving around the country and even in other countries. And uh, I like to just try to bring some of those stories to you. And um, so I've got a special guest, uh, and this is kind of an unusual uh, podcast interview because normally I interview people after they've been through the journey and, and talk about the transformation that, they, that has happened. But in this case, this is a this is a young man who is just starting his journey. So uh, I'd like to introduce you to Niles Graham. Niles, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. So uh, so Niles, you are up in the Sacramento, California area. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell tell us a little bit about who you are and family and, and what you do for a living and all that for starters. Okay, absolutely. Um, I, I have a wife. Uh, we've been married. This will be our fourth year uh, together in marriage. Uh, I've been with her since 2000, end of 2013. Uh, we have a two-year-old at home, a little boy. And then I have a daughter. She is 10. Um, born and raised actually down in the Bay Area. And uh, we moved up here back in 2000, uh, the end of 2015. Uh, we decided we wanted to start a family together and raise the kids up in this area. Um, currently right now, uh, I do I have my class A. So I haven't drove truck in probably a little over a year now. Got uh, real busy. I do a lot of uh, investments for rental properties. Okay. That's kind of your main way to make a living right now. Yes, sir. So, okay. So uh, tell me a little bit about kind of your upbringing. First of all, how old are you, Niles? Uh, I'm 37. 37. Okay. And tell us a little bit about your kind of your upbringing and, and all that and where you grew up and a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I grew up, uh, actually, uh, my mom was a Jehovah Witness. Uh, my dad uh didn't uh, didn't have a, a faith at that time, um, but my dad allowed my mom to you know take us to the congregation and stuff. So I grew up in the Jehovah Witnesses ever since I was a little boy. Um, grew up. Uh, both my parents have been married. Uh, they were married for geez, 20, 20 plus years, um, and uh, I grew up in the congregation until I was probably about. 14, 15 years old, um, at which point I ended up kind of shying away from it, just the the values and the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the rules that were kind of, you had to follow and abide by, kind of shied me away from the church. Um, but it gave me the foundation for knowing God. So even though I wasn't going to church, I still always talked with him on a daily basis um, and, and kept him in my life. Okay. Um, 2015 came around and those years between 2013 and 2015 were huge for me. Um, life changing actually. Uh, I, I actually was a police officer, uh, where I was born and raised city of Antioch and I got her in 2013. Um, and that ended up ultimately, uh, 
ending my career as a police officer. Uh, I was also in the military at that time. And because I couldn't be a cop anymore, it rolled over into the military because I couldn't pass my physical health assessment uh, because I ended up tearing uh, some ligaments and stuff in my hands. And so ended up you know, losing my job as a police officer. And then I got discharged from the military medically. Uh, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't find a job. You know, I tried looking, I could keep a job for a few months, but because of my limitations, nobody really wanted to, you know, touch me that long. Um, then in, uh, between this time, uh, I was going through an uphill custody battle that seemed like it was a losing, losing fight. Uh, my, my ex was trying to take my daughter from me. Um, and so I had all these things just kind of piling on. And for me, I thought I was still in control. You know, I did the, did the normal thing, just kept pushing through. That's how, I, that's how I'm built. You know, is you just can't let things keep you down. So 2015 comes around. Um, and I found out that my dad had cancer and that he was, uh, dying from it, you know? And so I remember in 15, um, it was one of those things that, you know, I'd always turn to, to, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels, um, or Jameson. That was, that was my thing. Hey, that's going to make you feel better. And it did at the, at the moment. Um, but the next day you still had those same issues. And while I was dealing with all these things, the doctors had put me on anti-anxiety meds because I had a lot of uh, anxiety I had to work through. Well, that wasn't, that was, that was great for the fact that I didn't feel anything, but it was horrible because I didn't feel anything. And my wife ended up, uh, who's my current wife, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. She ended up leaving me because she didn't want to see what I was doing to myself. I was just going through life being numb. Um, mm. Well, when she left a few months had gone by and it just gotten to the point to where I, I didn't know what to do anymore. I, you know, what I had been doing wasn't working. Um, so I actually got in my car with the intention of doing the normal thing, which was going down the street, going to the, you know, the local restaurant or something, grabbing a beer and having a few drinks and not thinking about the issues that are going on. That day was different though. I drove around for about an hour. Um, and I actually ended up in the church parking lot, the same church I've gone by, you know, almost my whole life. Um, and that day changed my entire life because that was the day that I gave myself to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hmm. And it was, <laughs> I get chills talking about it because it was the perfect <laughs> moment. I mean, you could tell God was there present with me because I sat down outside of this church because I was so used to not being accepted by the congregation that I didn't want to go inside but I needed that comfort and I knew that that comfort would be there with him. So I was sitting outside and this uh, pastor sits outside with me and we start talking. I kind of tell him my story, you know, he asked, you know, who I was and kind of what was going on. And I told him, you know, what was going on in my life at the time. And he said to me, Hey, why don't you come inside? He goes, this isn't about what others think. This is a personal relationship between you and the Lord. And you go to church to get the fellowship and the extra Holy Spirit. Um, and so he went inside with me and I sat down 
And there was a gentleman that came and sat down next to me. And it was uh, somebody I've never met before. And I, I remember this guy to this day. I mean, I remember the hair, you know, he had gray hair, longer hair. Um, and he just started talking to me and he asked uh, what I did. And I told him, you know, I got hurt and everything. And that I, uh, you know, where I was in life. And he goes, hey, uh, he goes, do you know my, my grandson? No idea who he's talking about. And uh, no. And he goes, well, my grandson works for Antioch PD. And I was blown away because I hadn't even told him who I work for, how I got nothing. And I immediately felt comfortable with this guy. And we sat there, he sat there with me about three quarters of the way through, through the, uh, through the, um, term. And I remember just feeling so comfortable with them and the worship that was going on. I ended up crying mostly halfway because everything that was, they, everything that was being, uh, led during that applied directly to my life at that time and everything that I need to hear, uh, God made sure I heard at that moment. Um, and that's actually the day that I gave myself to the Lord. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what year was that again, Niles? That was October of 2015. 2015. Okay. So tell what's happened since then. And your did you get plugged into that church or what, how's your spiritual growth been since then? Um, I, I did not get plugged into that church. I, I went back a few times, uh, but at that point, my wife and I decided to move. Um, we wanted to start a family and we thought it'd be better. Uh, her parents are actually from up in Weimar area, which is up by uh, Colfax. And we thought it'd be better to move up there and raise a family up there. So we moved. I went around looking for a church up in this area for, uh, I must've been to five, six, seven different churches. And each one of them kind of reminded me of my childhood growing up. It just wasn't the fit for me. So between 15 until now, I pretty much dove into the word and started reading on my own, trying to find this relationship that I was craving, that I wanted with him. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when my wife and I started talking because the way I grew up was the Bible, you, you have to abide what the Bible says, but there, there was also, um, there wasn't a teaching of, of a personal relationship with the Lord. It was, these are the rules and these are what you follow. Um, and when her and I started talking, um, we, we discussed actually what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord and to trust in him. And 2017, um, my father, September, 2017, my father passed away uh, from the cancer. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I fell back a little bit, you know, you know, again, I just got kind of a little bit more in 12 ways of, well, <clears throat> you know, I'm hurting. So, you know, I'll have a drink and that's going to make me feel better. Again, it did for the time being, but I still woke up with the same problem. <laughs> so ultimately everything I was doing to try to control my life and, and my pain and, and how I felt wasn't working. So, uh, I ended up stopped drinking, uh, for several months and all I did was pray because there was something inside of me that still told me like, he's the only one that can give me comfort. And I prayed for months, months on end. And this whole time, uh, my wife and I were trying to have a baby and that wasn't working. We, we, we uh, tried for four years to have a child together and it was told, Hey, 
you know, you guys can't have kids. Um, my wife just wasn't able to. And so we were getting ready to do the whole adoption thing. And so during this whole time frame, um, I had been praying and I remember back in September um, of 2018, uh, God actually gave me a vision. I was, uh, I was broken. I was, I was hurt. Um, I was lost. I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to feel the pain that uh, I felt in my heart from my dad passing. And I remember uh, he, he allowed me to see my father in this vision. And my dad was happy as can be. He looked like he was 30 again. Did, didn't look like he did at the end when you know, he had passed. And in this whole time, I got to see a little boy that was on the edge of this body of water that my dad was swimming in. And I remember waking up and I went downstairs and I wrote all this down on the computer. It was about 3.30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, it, this, this was different though, because, you know, normally when you're remembering somebody that's passed, you wake up kind of sad. I woke up happy. Um, and I, I, I wrote all this down. I told my wife that we're having a little boy and sure enough, we ended up having a little boy and, uh, God gave me that closure. So I, I miss my dad now, but not like I used to, it doesn't hurt as much. I don't feel alone anymore. Uh, it was the best gift he's ever given me. And, you know, we saw this little boy. And so, uh, we had him, uh, in March of 19 and he comes out and he has this, uh, red mark on his eye, right, uh, right above, uh, below his eyebrow. And asked the doctor, Hey, is this going to affect him at all with this, you know, eyesight or anything like that? And the doctor says, Oh no, no, that's nothing to worry about. Is it? I said, well, what is it? He goes, oh, that's just an angel kiss. Well, it's an angel kiss. And he goes, you know, we don't know. He goes, it's a phenomenon of something that happens during the birthing process. We don't know what causes it. So that's why we say that the baby was kissed by an angel. Um, and <laughs> to this day, when he gets tired, he still has this red mark that, that comes out on his eye. And um, the, the boy actually looks like the boy I saw in this vision. And it's just it's it's the most amazing thing that that I've ever witnessed. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, um, and he's a he's the sweetest boy. I mean, he just has this heart of of uh, this old time heart that he just wants to help people. Doesn't like people being hurt, nothing like that. Um, wow. So you know, come uh, come twenty twenty, we you know we we get this pandemic and. I go automatically into my mode of, okay, I've got to protect this family. I've got to keep them from getting sick. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, do the whole washing the grocery bags down with the soap and water and sanitizer and stuff. Um, and that actually really sparked a great conversation between my wife and I about trusting the Lord, because at that point I, I thought I had trusted in him, but I only trusted in him for things that, I guess that I think thought that I didn't have to control. I still took control of certain parts of my life, but the more I, 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 I dove into the book and 2020 really taught me a lot because I realized that looking back on my life, I never really had control of it, you know? And whenever I did try to control it, it just ended up messy, um, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's when I decided 
to fully just let go of everything and say, what's going to happen is going to happen. The Lord is in control. And if he's allowing it, it's happening for a reason. Just like the the journey of my life from, you know, getting hurt to my dad passing. Um, I'm thankful that he allowed all that because at the end of everything, my dad ended up finding the Lord um, at his end. Um, and it led me to finding him and having a, a much better relationship with him than I ever imagined or ever even knew was possible. Mm, mm. So bring us up to speed now. I, I, you know, you you came into my life uh, through uh, Dave Eichinger, who's uh, one of our cha- he's our champion out in the Sacramento area, and and uh, and Ken Miller uh, is you know buddy. He's another champion out there, and they sent me a picture of you uh, being baptized, and they said this is a really cool story. This young man got baptized. So tell me about that real quick. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I thought about being baptized back in 2015 when I gave myself to Lord, but I only thought about nothing was on my heart to say, Hey, let's go do this. And then, uh, during this whole COVID time during 2020, uh, Ken actually came over to our house. So, uh, my wife, uh, is his wife's niece. So we, you know, had a relationship. So he came over to the house to see uh, to see our son, and we started talking. And little did I know that Ken was a pastor, you know, at a church or anything. And we started talking. And for some reason, I blurred out to him, "Hey, you know, thought about a lot lately, and I want to get baptized." And that brought us on the topic of him being at Christ Community Church, and you know what he does. Then he invited me to the uh, to the morning men's group on Thursdays, and I said, "Yeah, I'll go." And the funny thing is, is I had been invited to a men's group about a year prior to this from somebody else I knew. And I had all this anxiety about going and didn't end up going, canceled me last minute. But then when Ken invited me, I had no reserves about it. And I was like, yep, I'll go. And so I got into that and I started going with these group of men that, you know, this was the first time I ever met them, but they seemed like brothers. I mean, it, it wasn't there was no awkwardness. There was no, uh, wow, they're going to judge me. Um, it, they welcomed me with open arms. It was, it was the coolest thing. And so, uh, and so I told him, Hey, you know, it's just really on my heart to get baptized. Um, that that's what my next step is. That's what I want to do. I want to show him that I'm obeying him. I want to please him. And, uh, so he was able to set up him and Dave actually baptized me. Um, May 1st, actually, of this year, um, mm. out in the water, which has been one of the best experiences. And it just gets better and better. And I've learned that this whole process uh, of what we call life has really just been God's journey for me um, and showing me what he wants from me. Um, and and it's it's been a blessing. It really has. And and I understand that you're you're just in the beginning stages of joining a journey group, maybe going through the journey of the inner chamber book right now. Is that where you're at? I am. I am. We yeah, we just started the journey of the inner, inner chamber a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Okay. So we're right in the middle of that. We have a few weeks left, and then I'll be transitioning over into the journey. And, and you know, I just tell you this, Niles, and you may know this, but the reason we exist, influencers, is because there's so many men just like you out there who have walked across the bridge. And they've given their life to Christ, but then that's where they let everyone left them. They just left them on the other side of the bridge and no one 
took him to the next step, you know, <laughs> no one showed him how to, how to feast on God's word. No one showed him the deeper things of the Holy spirit, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, churches mean well, and they try to do it, but, you know, it's just, uh, we want to do what Jesus says is, is make disciples and take them and show them, show them the way, you know? So this is a reason we exist is for guys like you to try to help you on your journey. You know, we can't do it. The Holy spirit has to do it, but we can point you in the right direction and hook you up with the one who will, will help you, you know? So so, uh, and you're going to hear, uh, you're going to learn a lot about John 15, which Jesus said, if you abide in me, then you'll bear much fruit, you know, in your life. And so I'll just ask you this, as we get to the end of this interview, what, what does that mean to you, Niles? What does abiding in Christ mean to you as you're heading in? And I don't expect you to know all this because you're going to learn a lot, but tell me what it means to you as I say those words, abiding in Christ. For me, abiding in Christ to me means that, um, not only am I in the word uh, on a daily basis, because that, that kind of gives me the foundation for, for um, helping to, uh, to get out what, what the Holy Spirit wants from me. But it's to have that personal relationship to where I'm talking with, with the Lord on a daily basis as if he's just my friend. And pretty much allowing him to... Um, willingly willingly use me for whatever he wants because it is for his purpose it's no longer my life and what i want it's what he wants to use me for so that others can get to know him like i do because i've never felt so fulfilled in my life before you know especially those years that you know i lost my career and, and stuff that that was how i my career was how i identified myself not any longer. I identify myself now through the Lord. He He is my purpose. Um, so everything else just falls into place and everything else um, is good. Wow. Wow. You said it very well, man. I think you you got a great head start on you're, you're going to love the journey. It's going to reinforce some of these things that God's already been preparing you for all these years, you know, these last years that you've been on your, your, your quest, your journey. Um, what is it, what do you think it means to you when I, when he says abide in me and you'll bear much fruit? What do you, you know, what do you think that means? What do you think the fruit is? I, I think the fruit is just that happy, that happiness, that whole feeling that you have. Um, it, it's that, it's that uh, feeling, you know, I read about it in the Bible and we talked about a little bit in the group of this orphan spirit. And I think that that is very true because before I knew how to abide in Christ, like I said, it was that feeling of feeling empty inside you. You felt lost. Um, and I don't feel lost anymore. And so I think that that's what he means when you're saying, you know, very much food is because he fills you with the Holy spirit and that is walking around with you on a daily basis. And that's the coolest thing because you just have this feeling of being at ease. And when you feel at ease and you can be yourself and you don't have that facade on of where you're worried about others going to think of you and everything, you're able to do his work uh, because it just comes out naturally. Yeah, um, you know, we we, we you'll you'll talk a lot about Galatians five twenty two because the uh, the fruit of the spirit, you know, um, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, you know, and those are things that when you experience those in another person, man, it's attractive. I mean, you want to. It reminds me of that guy that sat next to you at the church, the gray haired guy with the long hair. You know, he yeah. had he had the fruit of the spirit, and that's why you felt safe. That's why you felt 
at home, like you're okay, you know, and, and now you're bearing those things. I, I see it in your face. You know, they can't, they're just hearing our audio, but uh, I see it in your face. You have a glow and you have a, you have the fruit of the spirit, you know, coming out of you and it makes you feel safe. You know, it makes you feel like, Oh, this is a guy I can trust. You know, it, it, it does. You absolutely hit on the head because, you know, obviously with, with priorly, uh, previously being a cop, um, and then in the military, I've always been very private about my life and it's always, okay, how's this person know me? You know, did I arrest them before? What happened? But mm. when, when you feel the Holy Spirit, your, your, um, your, you don't have that shield up on you. You don't, you don't, you don't feel that fear. So like you're saying with that gentleman, I did, I was at complete ease with him and, and talking with him and wasn't uh, alarmed by him talking to me at all. Um, completely different outlook on life when you're walking with the Lord in a deep connection versus when you're trying as a human just to abide and follow by what the Bible says. Um, two totally different uh, relationships. You know, I've had some really good friends who are ex police officers. And I've noticed exactly what you said. I've noticed a trend. It's something they have to overcome, but they're suspicious of everybody because they had to be, because that was their job to be a detective and, <laughs> and figure out who's, who's real and who's not. And who's, who's a bad guy. Who's a good guy. You know, that's their job, right. And you know, your job. So uh, now, now in the world of ministry, they have to kind of overcome that of not prejudging people and, you know, giving people a chance and all that, you know, but uh, so I totally understand what you're talking about. Right. Right. You know, I, uh, it's funny because now when, you know, I've been dealing, so I, when I got baptized, um, there's this tenant that I've been dealing with totally came out of left field. Um, she, you know, she's very, um, fearful, uh, of me just, just very, um, has this anxiety when we're talking and she said this before and, and I feel for her now, you know, in my past, I, I would have, just uh, probably handled it differently. But now it's like I pray for her because I want her to have peace. I, I feel bad for her that, you know, she's so um, captured by the fear that she has of everything, uh, you know. And, and you know, when I see people like that now, it's I want to know how can I help them? How can I help them to, to get this sense of ease, this sense of peace that, that I've, you know, come to know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with you and, and you know, what God's going to do. I, I mean, every, every, every time I'm in the beginning of a journey group, I get really excited because most of us, most of our groups, we pray about God send us the right participants. You know, we, it's all done on influence. You know, most people tap people on the shoulder, like you're probably in it because of Ken Miller, you know, because you've been, you knew because of the family relation or whatever, but, um, but really it's the Holy spirit doing the recruiting you know, pulling people into these groups. And so I'm always excited to see him at work forming the groups. And, you know, you'll end up meeting guys in the group and you go, oh, I was supposed to be in this group because, yeah, I was going to meet that guy and I needed to know his story and my story relates to his story or whatever. You know, there's always, you see all these little connections that that happen. So it's, it's going to be fun for you. Right, right. No, I've already seen that with uh, with just the start of our, you know, <laughs> journey group with the uh, to the inner, cha inner chamber because, there's, you know, there's certain guys in there, you know, the audience, they can't see me, but I have tattoos. And part of my thing was, um, you know, I tattooed on some of my face. And part of that was when I was going through this whole process, when I was hurting, I didn't want anybody to get close to me anymore because it hurt too much when I lost my dad. Mm. And so I figured, you know, hey, if I do that, people aren't going to really want to talk to me. Well, <laughs> Brian, let me tell you, 
complete opposite um, of what, what I, you know, effect of what I thought it would have. People actually come up and talk to me more now. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> they say, oh, I like that. That's nice work or something. And then we get talking about God and stuff. And so, you know, there's a gentleman in my group now that he said, yeah, you know, his daughter actually just um, started being interested in the Lord. And we were talking and he goes, man, he goes, you know, she sure would probably talk to you because you look normal. You know, <laughs> it's just one of those things that the Lord has has used, you know, my life path to um, open up other people's ears and, and be able to relate with them to where uh, he, he could become known. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, so tell me your wife's name again, Niles. My wife's name is Brenna. Bren? Brenna. Brenna. Okay. And your little boy's name? Royce. Sorry, Royce? Royce. Royce. Okay. And you have a daughter as well, you mentioned? I do. Her name's Riley. Riley. Is she doing okay? She is. She's doing good. Um, you know, we've uh, been working with her, uh, talking with her about the Lord. And, you know, her mom doesn't uh, doesn't have a good relationship with, with Christ. So I'm doing what I can when I have her and, and try and talk with her. In fact, I took her to uh, church the other day um, for the first time, and she loved it. She said, you know, she's asking to go back. Wow. And what is your ex-wife's name? Haley. Haley. Okay. We want to, I just want to put these down because I like to put them on my prayer list and, uh, and I want to pray for you as we end this podcast too. So if that's okay. I, oh, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, let me, let me just pray right now, Lord. I just want to, I just, man, what a, what a delight to spend a little time with my brother, Niles, my brother from another mother. And, uh, thank you that we have the same uh, Papa. And so you're our, you're our daddy and we're brothers. And, uh, I'm so thankful for all you've done in Niles' life and how you rescued him from a, a life where he was just feeling so empty, so desperate, and you give him hope. Thank you for guiding him into that church parking lot that one one day and for that kind man who sat next to him and made him feel safe and just the way your spirit's been at work in his life. Lord, thank you for his baptism. Thank you for his salvation. And thank you for this the sanctification that you're about to do with him uh, as he continues on his journey. And thank you that he's He's being obedient to you to follow you. Thank you that he understands, already understands abiding is uh, tied to surrender. And he surrendered to you. He wants what you want, not what he wants, Lord. Bless his uh, wife, Brenna, and pray she's, uh, I know she's on her own journey, discovering her daughtership in you, Lord. Pray she can understand that she's a daughter of the king, which makes her, makes her a princess. Uh, pray for that little boy, Royce, who was heaven sent. And that great dream that he had, you gave him, Lord, just showing him Royce before he was even born. And what a blessing. Just keep your hand on that little boy that he could be a, a warrior for you someday, Father. And um, and thank you for his daughter, Riley. I pray that uh, she would just know how much she's loved as well and that that uh, Niles can keep pouring into her and being a daddy and blessing her, giving her the Father's blessing, Father. And we pray for Haley, too, that she'd find her way toward you and to the, the feet of Christ, Lord, where she can find everything she's looking for. So, Lord, we love you and just thank you for all these great stories of transformation we get to see. And, Lord, you truly are starting a revival, and it's one man at a time, just like this man, Niles. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, brother. Well, we're, we're going to check back in with you in about three months and uh, see how you're doing on your journey and see what okay. God's been showing you and, and learning. But uh, we want to catch you on the front end to see uh, kind of where you're at, hear your story. And it's going to be fun to follow your progress. So uh, 
and I'm sure I'll get to meet you soon one of these days because I, I travel once we get traveling again, I usually go out to Sacramento every every year or two. So uh, yeah. Okay. No, it'll be great to uh, be great to see you. We'll have to uh, get together and have lunch when you're out here. Oh, would love it. Would love it. Cool. Well, thank you, Niles. Um, well, this has been the Influencer Network podcast, and uh, you, this has been my uh, my guest, Niles Graham from Sacramento, California. Uh, thank you for listening today. And if you want to hear more of our uh, podcasts, you can find them on influencers.org uh, under the podcast page or also on Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the places you listen to your podcasts. So anyway, and uh, anyway, if you, there's anything that you'd like to hear us uh, do a podcast on, you can uh, send an email to abide at influencers.org. And we'd be glad to uh, kind of take that under consideration. But anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.